Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This week on episode 259 of the Weekly Exchange, we talk about PDXCon, Age of Wonders Planetfall, Stellaris, Crusader Kings 3, and much more. So stay tuned. Hey, Rob. Welcome to the show. Hi, Nate. Glad to be here. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I've been really excited because we just went through the weekend of PDXCon and all the exciting announcements, and I'm riding on that high. Oh, man. There's some crazy cool stuff being announced and a few things that uh, I was a little surprised by. So I guess we'll talk about it later in more detail, yeah? Absolutely. So before we begin, I do want to take a moment to... Well, first, so if anybody doesn't know, I've changed the theme to our website because the old theme that we had was no longer supported. So I was running into some issues with comments and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. they, they, I don't know if you guys noticed or anybody noticed, I'm sure somebody did because there was a people in our Discord that were confirming that comments were taking like 30 seconds to actually post. And it was annoying me and I couldn't figure out why. And it sound, it what it ended up being was that our theme was no longer being supported. So... Mm it wasn't actually compatible with this version of WordPress. So what I had to do is go back and look at some other themes. And I found a theme that I think works really well for our site. With that being said, I still had some issues because I'm not an internet wizard. And I need to give a huge shout out to my friend Drexy for giving me some serious help with the, the website. He is mm. a CSS wizard, HTML wizard, and he was able to really helped me with some of the stuff that I could I was just beating my head on the wall over because I just could not figure it out. So thank you, Drexy. You're amazing. Here's to you, buddy. <laughs> it's a beer. I'm holding a beer for you. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but let's talk about Age of Wonders Planetfall, which did have some announcements coming out of PDXCon, which first and foremost was that they have an expansion coming out called Revelations. Yes. And it's a big one. It's probably not what people expected, but I think that they made it clear that there weren't going to be a new, there wasn't going to be a new faction for this one. What you do get a new major faction, right? Yeah. So what you do get is a an NPC faction, and they are called the Forgotten, and they are basically just very ugly old people. No, they they like are clearly ancient. Yeah, exactly, and mummies. They're what they say. The description is they're broken, insane, or otherwise unfit for hair towards a utopian society. So uh, they're pretty cool. They have a very unique look. And <laughs> I like that. That's a good transition. Yeah, they're unfit, but they're pretty cool. Yeah, no, I like the way they look. So they add a really cool, mysterious, uh, you know, feel to the game. And with all that, there's also a new secret tech called Heritor, which is basically draining essence of enemies and using that essence to fuel powerful abilities. Mm-hmm. And you can also summon new units with that stuff too. 
And you're also going to have new campaign missions. And what I think is probably the biggest thing, I don't know how much I can say about this because I've been playing it, but there's Mm. these new sites that you can take your your heroes to, your groups to, and basically they uncover like a quick little story development. And it's really cool because it helps unravel some of the like lore to the game. So those that's really cool. And then you also have Tomb Worlds now. So you have a new planet type. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of new stuff. And I think it's priced appropriately at $15. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, it's it's a tough one. I, you know what? I think we should talk about pricing also today. Let's let's leave that for later, yeah? Yeah, no, that's it. Because I have a feeling we'll go off on some kind of weird tangent and people are like, no, I want to hear about this other stuff. Why are you guys going on and on about this? It's true. Yeah, and we did say so, we were going to talk about pricing this this week too. So, yeah, that's something yeah, we need let's to... Yeah, let's just put it off. Let's just put it off. We'll get it out of our system later. Tell me about Warhammer 40k Gladius. Gladius, Gladius, whatever you want to say, however you want to say it. Gladius, Relics of War. Yes, of course. So they just released the Fortification Pack DLC, which essentially it brings out six new units. But these units are not, they're not small units. These are massive units. These are these are like a cannon. These are artillery. You have well, they're all artillery type units, or the, or at least in the case of the Astromilitarm, aka Imperial Guard, these are shield gen- void shield generators, which are some of the most powerful defensive uh, mechanisms in play for the Imperium of Man. Anyway, so they released that, and they have the patch 1.4.0, which adjusts the base game to take into account this new content. There's uh, various balanced things like stuff that's affecting, uh, for example, the lictors for the Tyranids. There's some general improvements, lots of bug fixes. So it's really cool. I got a, I got a key from Slytherin. So um, if I get a chance, I'm going to try to get, put some seed time in, check out the, fortification pack and i haven't really messed with the chaos faction all that much i haven't had a lot of time so i'll try to give them a spin too but yeah yeah, i i see a lot of people so here's something funny so they have something called the complete edition and people like what the complete edition wait are you telling me that they stopped development and it's like no they haven't stopped development is that this is what they call their version that has all the current content that's out. So instead of calling it the ultimate edition or the gold box or whatever, they're just calling it the complete edition. So with the next DLC, it'll get added to that too. And that'll be called the complete edition, you know? So somebody who bought the complete edition at that time will have all that, will have all the DLC that's out at the time. So I still, I'm still pretty certain that they're going to be releasing the Eldar and the Tau. And I hope that they keep supporting the game because as far as I can tell, you know, from from the indicators that I'm seeing, people seem to really like it. I certainly do. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe hearing back after you get some seat time. I want to hear more about it. Of course. So next on our list is Stellar Monarch, which is actually going to receive a rather extensive gameplay change. Um, he's Ooh. gonna he's calling it version 1.4. With it, he's going to change three significant things. He says first, you're going to have to defeat these transdimensional aliens before you're crowned the Emperor of the Galaxy now. So until you do, you're no longer like you can't be the Emperor. So he's going to make that a new gameplay mechanic or gameplay necessity. Then you have this new suppressed mechanic that I don't understand too much. He's basically saying that Hive and Parasites can't launch offensive, offensive operations from barren or radiated planets. I don't know how significant 
that changes. He's saying it's significant, but um, in my short time with it, I didn't really notice anything about that that would make it feel like a, a huge game changer, but who knows? And then lastly, he's saying that planetary development levels work slightly different now in that they only increase now, so they'll never be able to decrease. So when you actually take over a planet, you'll mm-hmm. you'll never actually decrease their the development level of that planet. So makes it more uh, important to take over some of these planets yourself. So mm-hmm. he's leading up to the um, an expansion comes out. I forgot the name of it. It's like the Age of Technology or something. Like that. Um, but yeah, it's a game that I spent some time with a few months, ooh, not months ago, a few weeks ago. And mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised and I really have tried to make time for it. I mentally have said I need to go back and I probably will go back once the the new expansion comes out. But it's it's something doing something really cool. I think it's really fun. So I mean it's staying true to its grand strategy roots. Yeah, and it looks like he's just really still invested in it, even though he's got another game, I believe, a, 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 like an old school role playing game. So I'm I'm excited to see what he does with it, and I'm really even more excited to hear that he just wants to keep working on it because I, I think it's. I it's, think he has a game that builds cars, if I remember correctly, like some kind of manufacturing game. He has that, and then he also has. He just put out a like a, a an old school CRPG. And oh, I didn't. It's, really, yeah, it's got like um, it's it's got a a pixel aesthetic, but it really it looks like it's pretty deep and cool. So I, I might check that out too. Hmm. Okay, speaking of another game that um, has an aesthetic to it, Astra Exodus put out dev diary number four called The Galactic Map. And within this dev diary, there's a discussion by uh, the dev, the main dev, the only dev, Fernando. I think he's the only one who's doing it, right? Yes. So he's like a single dev with, you know, he's contracting work for certain things to other people. But anyways, it's really neat. And um, he's talking about the star systems themselves. He's talking about having menaces in there. And the picture for the menace is really funny. It looks a little bit like a space unicorn dragon with its tongue sticking out and spikes coming out. Yeah. Does that sound about right? (laughs) Yes. I mean, it's pretty unique. (laughs) Pretty unique. He's talking about anomalies. So... He's definitely getting, um, for example, with anomalies, black holes and supernovas having an effect on uh, movement, having an effect on detection range, having an effect on, uh, because you have, you know, you have the crazy gravity from the black hole and things like that. And then also supernovas having an effect on sensors. And it's, it's, on the one hand, we've seen stuff like this before because this is almost a staple of the genre. On the other hand, if you don't have this in your game, people are like, what? You can't skip this. You, you're, you're ruining our memory of a game we played 25 years ago. So as a result of that, uh, we're really mad at you. So <laughs> this is a very strange dynamic. But yeah, definitely... Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm curious to see what he does different. It's still, every time I look at it, it really makes me think of Stars in Shadow. Because there's a lot of similarities in the art style there. Yeah, and stay tuned for something from us about Astro Exodus that's going to be exclusive to Explominate. Really excited mm-hmm. about it because Slytherin reached out to us about something that they want to do for us and with us. Mm-hmm. And I think people are going to really like it. So and I Not can't... just with us, but for the community too. Yeah, exactly. So I think that people are really going to enjoy it. And I think that it'll probably be something you'll hear about roughly around the time this is out. So stay tuned. All right.
And so we also have Pax Nova, which, okay, so Pax Nova's game that I really wasn't super sure of, and now I'm mm-hmm. becoming more and more sure of, that it's actually a really good game. It came out with its last roadmap update for early access. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with that roadmap update, it basically did everything that I thought it needed to. It it now has a tech queue, a technology queue. It's done some things with the graphics to change the lighting, which actually makes the strategic maps look way nicer. They've spaced out the AI players so that they're no longer crowded on your starting planet. Oh, yeah, that's good. I hate when that happens. It was awful, and I hated it. And every time I'd see it, I'd complain about it. And now it's... Yeah, you did. I think you did that in one of your videos. Like, you you went for a couple of tiles, and you're like, what? You're right there. Why are you there? Yeah, so I've played two games now since then, just to kind of fire it up and play maybe 30, 40 turns to see what's going on. And my first one, I only had one other person on my planet, and the next Mm. one, I only had two people. Mm -hmm. So it was really good. And... There's been so I, there's so many changes. There's a lot of UI changes that I think are fantastic. Um, there's some icon changes. There's now and there's just yeah so many things that I'm really impressed by. They've also added modding, which is huge. So modding is now there's just so many good things. And then what they've done too is realize that with this huge update and with their desire to make this game the best they've ever made. They have postponed it to 2020. They don't say quarter one, quarter two. They just said 2020. So I don't know how long that's going to be. You can buy it right now. So it's not like it's a huge hit. But right now, the game is in a really good place. I'm super impressed. The only thing I think really that they need to do is add some asymmetry, some Mm. a a little bit more because there is some now. But I do think that if they fix or maybe focus on, you know, making it even more developed and making it more clear that each time you play this game it would be you know much different they could have (laughs) i'm telling you they could have something on their hands here because it's going to defy expectations for sure because people are gonna be like oh my god the first two games kind of blue pax nova is nothing like it so third time's a charm for gray wolf i'm really excited for them and i'm really excited to see where it goes i wouldn't say the first two games the first game was uh not good the second game was a vast improvement but still not where it needed to be. And now with Pax Nova, they're starting to get it right. And they're also not just taking feedback from the community, but they're implementing, from what I can tell, the better ideas that are coming at them. And I think that's one of the reasons why they pushed the release back, because it's better to get all of the stuff done and out of early access than to have the game come out and then have people come back and say, oh, we gave you all these good ideas. Yeah, nobody listened. You know, what's the point? What's the point? You know, and that's what they said. They said they want to make sure that they incorporate a lot of the community feedback that makes sense. And you know, Pax Nova, it's it's a really good, it's a it's a really good balance between basic because it is pretty basic at a lot of levels, but it also has like mm-hmm. some complicated systems that do end up providing some replayability. So you can go down different paths, um, which you know, like provide different bonuses and stuff like that, and different focuses for your 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 faction. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm just, I'm really excited about it because I think a modding is great for it because there's going to be things that you can do with modding course that, that will make the game much better. And second of all, I'm really excited to hear that they're willing to continue to incorporate community feedback because I think if there's two things that the game needs, it's not only the asymmetry, but it also needs some help with sounds. I feel like, oh yeah, the sound work. Yeah. Yeah. The sound work just, it feels flat and you know, with a game that's kind of actually pretty epic. I mean, you're, you're moving your way off planets and into the space and other planets and, you know, 
when you start getting and there's a lot of combat involved too so it feels a little weak when you you know you're attacking with lasers and they sound like they sound like i'm making the pew pew sounds so or you are <laughs> well so, you probably are making the pew pew sounds <laughs> i'm probably making That's them the better <laughs> so yeah it'll be something we need to watch absolutely it's it's wild too i think that it's going to come at the same time roughly as Astro exodus which kind of sucks because both games are unique both games have something to offer but i don't want them to compete with each other because i just don't feel like either of them would get the the love or attention they need all right and uh, remember how I mentioned Stars and Shadow earlier? Yeah. So they had an update as well. And another one. This is yeah, this is mostly the stuff that was done here f- is fixing bugs, reported bugs and things like that. And then they had a couple of tiny little gameplay changes that um adjusting where you can mount heavy weapons and uh, increasing damage to ion artillery. And then increasing siege weapons that can be put on dread stars. So the dread stars are basically, you know, like the Death Star from Star Wars and, you know, mega construction type of weapons. So they're changing it from two to three and things like that. So tiny little changes, but mostly continuing to fix bugs. And I believe they're doing this in preparation for their next DLC, right? Yeah, sounds like it. I'm trying to get them to sit down with me and talk about it. Okay, well, good luck. Let me yeah. know how it turns out. <laughs> it is, it's been a little bit difficult because I guess they're a little reticent to talk about it just yet. So Makes sense. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm sure it'll probably be early next year. We can sit down and be like, yo, tell us about it. And they'll, they'll spill the beans. Absolutely. So you want to talk about the new Stellaris news? Yeah. So out of PDXCon, they've announced a couple things. First of all, they've announced a full-on species pack, which uh-huh. is actually pretty I think it's actually a little bit more detailed than the other ones previously. It's the lithoids, which if you can think of like the silicoids from Master of Orion, basically they're rock people. There's Uh 15 different portraits, which is pretty cool. They have their own new ship set. They actually have their own new gameplay mechanic. They didn't say anything about what it is, so I don't know what it is. I imagine maybe they use minerals for food. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then I think there was something else that I'm forgetting, but... Federation, right? Yeah, so no, I'm, I, I was talking about the just the species pack for now. But yes, oh, okay. let's, talk, let's talk about Federations, which is their expansion pack, which is super, super exciting because it's long-awaited. There's been a lot of talk and frustration, really, about the diplomacy and the Federation's installers, and it looks like they are going to tackle that head-on. And they've done some really cool things. First of all, they've got a new Space UN, basically, where everybody can get together and vote on certain things. They haven't really said specifically what those kind of things are. We did talk about the origins that are now going to be added too. Mm -hmm. So the origins are part of that, I guess. So they're going to help flesh out the, the like, it's, it kind of sounds like some asymmetry to your, your species. You know, they Mm -hmm. set the tone for how they're going to develop their, their planets, how they're going to, one of them is that they are um, basically like a migratory faction migratory race and they don't actually mm-hmm. have a home planet mm. so that can be your origin story so you don't you start off without a home planet uh-huh. and i imagine there's probably something some there's sort of a reason like, why you don't have a home right and then well and then maybe there's hopefully some sort of strength right so maybe if you, because you don't start with a home planet you have i don't know something else to kind of offset that and mm. you know there's other things uh, like uh one that's about worshiping a tree 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds really cool. And then you also have diplomacy options, uh, very detailed diplomacy options within your federations now, mm-hmm. where you basically still interact with your federation members and what they say are, are more detailed and mm-hmm. intricate ways. So it sounds like to me in just about every way that they're tackling what I think is the biggest issue remaining. I mean, there's still other issues. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about one of them sectors. Right. So sectors that needs a lot of work. Yeah. And I'd, I'd imagine that that's probably something they're going to look at next too. So, but diplomacy by far and away was the biggest for me. And I'm, I'm really excited to see how federations shapes up and it, from all everything I've read, it sounds like it's going to be coming out later this year. So we only got a couple months left. Yeah, probably like some either tomorrow, or <laughs> because you know how Paradox does, or yeah. it's going to be sometime between, like either right before Thanksgiving or between Thanksgiving and Christmas. But I can't imagine they're going to want to release something right at Christmas because you know everybody's going on break, and that's going to be a nightmare if something's off. Like either right before Thanksgiving or between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but I can't imagine they're going to want to release something right at Christmas because you know everybody's going on break and that's going to be a nightmare if something's off. I'm I'm with you. So I think I'm, it's going to be late November. That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and they've got this lithoids species pack coming out next. I'm week. looking at that art for that man. It's very good. It's, yes. Yeah, very good. And you know, I'll, I, I'm sure I'll buy it. So it's coming out next week. And then I imagine a month from then we'll see federations. Yep. So, and we keep, we keep, we've been asking like one of the things that we always ask us, you, me, the rest of the guys, you know, of the Explorate staffers and the communities, like the one major thing we ask when we're playing science fiction or fantasy games is let's move away from the human or the humanoid aliens or fantasy creatures and let's move into something really fantastical and here we are we're getting it it looks really cool but one little thing doesn't it remind you a little bit of the art style from uh, master ryan conquer the stars yeah it does well i mean it's it's hard not to because i mean they're the only ones that i can i can think of right now that have done a rock race like that so Mm. i mean it, no, we've had others. We had him. You had him in uh, Endless Space. Did you? Yeah, you had him. Oh, the Harmony. The, uh, Harmony, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And they were definitely yeah. the Rock. Exactly. So and they yeah, were just like that. You're right. So I mean, I do agree though. They have a massive Ryan Conquer the Stars look to them. So, but that's fine because the but, artwork I mean, looks it's great. great. I'm fine with it too. And like, I love the art. The portrait. The portrait art looks really good. Damn good for sure. I'm I'm excited about it. I'll definitely buy it. So, and I'm, I've also found it. I, I don't know if you saw, it, but they did a a thing for a modder. Like they gave him a big award, like the uh, Paradox Award for modding, best modding, to a guy that I hadn't actually heard of. I, I'm surprised. Asoli, I believe his name is, and no, he I, has done some really cool mods that I looked into. One of which is like a unique planet generator, where it mods planets in Solaris to be uh, there's like a hundred different characteristics a, a a planet can have now and each of them do wildly different things and each of them provide like you know different oh man i need to find this this sounds really cool because it's, it's super good and i've looked at planets into it. on Solaris are kind of boring right uh-huh. and and i looked at this thing it's the the mod is basically it's compatible with any version of Solaris you have because all it does is focus on this on these planets 
and huh. everything that I read about it, and it's got, it's one of the highest rated mods on the store. I just can't believe I didn't see it before. But because he's done that and a few other mods that look like they were also very well received, he received this like Paradox Interactive Mod Award. Nice. And so we'll have to look into that. I wonder if they're going to be hiring him. <laughs> I know. Well, they should because they've got some issues with some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Stellars, uh, do you want to mention it or do you want me to mention it? I mean, we can. Yeah, I mean, the other, the other issues I'll being what yeah. their mobile game could have been, but you can talk about it. Yeah, so this past week, Stellaris announced they're super excited. They're, it's a new entry in the Stellaris universe. It's called Galaxy Command. It's a mobile game. This this game is going to change it, everything. You know, this game is going to be the most amazing game ever. And this was, I think, Tuesday, right? Yes. So they posted it up. They sent us some stuff. We're looking at it. it. Looks really cool. You know, it's pretty interesting. You know, I'm not I'm not very big on mobile gaming, and if I am playing something on my mobile device, be it phone or whatever, I'm not playing anything that I can play on my computer or right. on my console or maybe even on my iPad. So I have stuff like Civ Six and you know, Planar Conquest, things like that. I have a bunch of games on my iPad that I can play if I'm traveling, and I have a bunch of games on my console that I'll play if I want to be on the console or on the computer. But I never, when I'm thinking games, I'm going to whip out my phone and play something. I'm playing Bejeweled 3. You know, I'm playing Tetris. I'm not playing anything. And, and I mean, I literally play that like twice a year. So I'm not playing anything. But when I saw this, I'm like, okay, this looks kind of interesting. And then all of a sudden, I start seeing these posts. What? This is a stolen from this place. This is that. This is duplicate art. This is lifted art. And I'm like, wait, what? And then it turns out that the original developer for this game, it, the game had a different name, and Stellaris, essentially, it's being changed and modified, and it's set in the Stellaris universe. So, I mean, okay, so, had to pull the game. I, I, did, I did this because I wanted, to, I wanted to see just how similar these two games were, and I pulled up okay. the game. It's called Nova Empire by okay. uh, Bear, I forgot, like, Jelly Bear games. I forgot what they're called. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Okay. Big and Bear games or something. Big Bear, yeah, whatever. And I yeah. pulled it up and I started playing it just to see. And it it actually feels like itself, like it was trying to do what Stellaris was doing on mobile. Uh-huh. So it's weird to me because I know that Blizzard had a big issue with this because the people they hired to do the Diablo Immortal game, which is the Oh mobile game. hey, do you even have mobile phones? Is that was it, is that the one? Yeah, that one. Well, the the company they hired to do that was already making a Diablo clone, uh-huh. and here it, it's the exact same thing. This Nova Empire game feels like Stellaris, right? And then now it sounds like all they did was take that and add some Stellaris assets to it, uh-huh. and call it Stellaris Galaxy Command. Yeah, right. And some other games. Yeah. So I mean. It's awful. So then, yeah, the artwork that they stole from was was clearly a Halo because there was Halo tanks, warthogs and stuff in the background and USNC written all over it. So it was very clearly a Halo uh, artwork. And then they, they end up finding the original artwork on someone's, you know, art station page or whatever. So, yeah, they did the right thing and they took it down immediately and they apologized and said they're going to fix it. I just, for me, being the pessimist that I am, think that it was BS from the get-go that they did what they did, hiring what they know. Come on. They, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that Chinese, all Chinese co- companies are pirates, 
I'm just saying that. Oh, uh, we've have, just been demonetized. <laughs> all I'm saying is that they do have a particular penchant for it. And you mean not respecting copyright? Yes. And it's been an issue in the past. And I just don't understand why they wouldn't have been a little bit more uh, attentive. Attentive, overbearing, whatever you have to do to make sure that stuff like that doesn't happen, or at least you know maybe do a really good review of it before you pass it off into the public. So yeah, have some people look at it. And here's okay. So here's something that I've noticed is that if you have an in-house team of beta testers, they're so focused on what they're doing that a lot of times they're 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 like looking at the tree the proverbial tree and they're not seeing the forest behind it. Yeah. And at other times the, all they see is a forest and they're not looking at the trees. And when you have a forest that's in a tundra and you have mixed in palm trees, they're not noticing the palm trees. But the first time a player will launch whatever game and they're like, Hey, how come you got palm trees up in Alaska? What's going on? Or, you know, up in Northern Canada. And they're like, Oh, we missed it. And, that's so that's kind of the issue so if they had well, pe like maybe a wider community looking at it they could have told them hey well why do they have these halo ships in here or tanks right and this is a problem with paradox period because they don't do this with any of their games and it annoys yeah. the crap out of me and like every time they put out a stellaris version update there's issues from the get-go and people are like how the hell didn't you see this like why aren't you playing right. your own game and they are i get it they are playing their own game but they aren't seeing the forest with the trees and that's because they are so, they're too invested. They yeah. need QA teams that, or they don't even need QA teams because I don't think QA teams work as well as they used to because you can't possibly. Right. Test every, yeah, everything on every system. But if you get a group of 100, 300, 10, 100, I don't care. 10, hundreds? Yeah. Is that a thousand? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the word I'm using. So you get hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of people that you trust to do some decent beta testing. You make them all sign NDAs, NDAs and, and then you, you get them in there and you get them looking at this game from, from, with a fresh set of eyes. Mm -hmm. You can fix some of this stuff. Like they just, this is Paradox's huge issue. And, and even when companies do this, they still have problems. So yeah, but I'm not usually less, not more. Right. I'm not saying that it would fix it. I am saying that you'll have less issues than you do. And sometimes when those gameplay mechanics, I mean, because they are radically changing gameplay mechanics with Stellaris and every mm -hmm. every game they have, really. But mainly Stellaris. Stellaris has definitely taken the, the, the craziest turns out of any of their, their games. I don't know. I think European Universalis and Crusader Kings also. Well, they, yes, they, they, but they're adding, they're iterating on it, whereas Stellaris is actually taking stuff and like ripping it out and doing it all over again. Yeah. And... Yeah. So I think that it's even more important for them because sometimes people will play it and be like, this is dumb and it sucks. And so, I mean, Paradox needs to hear that. Whereas maybe QA can't come to somebody up in the you know upper echelons of management and be like, hey, this is kind of awful because they're mm -hmm. going to get fired. Yeah, so, right then and there. Exactly. So it just, it, it needs to be a culture shift at Paradox. I'm hoping that it eventually happens. We'll see. Right, right. Well, uh, let's move on to the next news item. Which is Northgard, and it's getting a conquest mm -hmm. mode, which sounds basically like a grand strategy mode, or you know, like some sort of turn-based strategy over map where you mm -hmm. have like a, a continent that you're going to conquer, and mm -hmm. it, it doesn't really give too much. There's not much detail other than that's what it is. There's going to be like this large continent that you conquer that each of the like territories are going to provide certain types of, you know, improvements or certain types of bonuses to your groups. And it just sounds pretty much like they've taken the Northgard RTS and 
added like a strategic grand strategy portion to it. So I'm hoping that we get a chance to play it soon. I'm, ho- I'm I know it comes out this week. My week sucks, so I'm hoping that maybe some of the, the uh, people in the community can give us feedback on how it is. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next news item. This is of of great interest to me. BattleTech has. Uh, announced. I mean, we knew there was going to be a third expansion or DLC or whatever you want to call it, but a third piece of content, and Dave just gave us more, and basically it's being called Heavy Metal, and to me, that is an amazing name, and the name by itself is usually enough to make me interested. <laughs> I like I like the genre of music, so yeah, there's that, but basically... Yeah, no, it had, it had me at Heavy Metal, too. Right, like Heavy Metal, yeah, man. I, I want a I want a deep purple mech going up against uh, Blackmore's rainbow mech. Of course, most people listening to this would have no idea what I'm talking. about. They're like, "Oh, who? What? What's I think the there's actually quite a bit of people like cross pollination yeah. between people who like strategy games and people who like metal. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I feel like a lot of people like metal in this community. So, right. So maybe this this will be what pulls them in. But there are going to be eight new mechs which are all going to be, my understanding is these are going to be of the two largest classes, Assault and Heavies is what I'm seeing. And uh, seven of them are from the game, as in the lore, as in what this computer game is based on, MechWarrior and stuff like that, and and Battletech. And then one is going to be something that's unique to this particular iteration of the game. And there's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, a Flashpoint mini campaign. So they actually introduced Flashpoints as their first DLC or expansion. And that was a set of events, quests that are arching. And depending on what you do, you'll have different outcomes. So it's kind of like nonlinear quest sequences. And then when they did... The Urban Warfare, which was the second DLC slash expansion, they used the flashpoints again to flesh that out, and they're using it again, so that's great. They're introducing new weapon systems, and my guess is these are going to be massive weapon systems, and hence why you need the heavies and the assaults. So I'm very excited for it. I really, really enjoy Battletech, and I actually had to stop playing it because I could not play anything else. It was monopolizing my time, just like XCOM had done. So I'm I'm looking for a reason to jump back in, and I think this might be it. Though I don't know if I'm going to continue with my original campaign that I have probably 100-something hours in, because I'm very powerful there. But with all the balance changes, I might have like this false sense of security and like, oh man, nothing can happen to me. And then just have like, you know, lance after lance get wiped out because they're not properly outfitted. And, you know, my characters are not leveled up correctly. So we'll have to see how that works out. But yeah, very excited for this. If I can, just real quick, I'm going to plug this Hmm. podcast interview I did last night, which was with a group. I don't know the actual developer team's name, but they're developing a game called Wildermyth, and they are huge XCOM fans. In fact, I guess when they decided they were going to build this game, they're they're both people that have had a lot of experience in the gaming industry. They decided to go mm-hmm. indie, and they're such huge XCOM fans that they're like, we want to do a fantasy XCOM, and w- what are we going to do yeah. to do that? And Wildermyth. Let me see if I can find them. 
Yeah, well, so I did a podcast interview. We're going to have some really great coverage on Halloween, uh, mm-hmm. some exclusive to Explore Monday as well. So if Ooh. you guys are, you know, tactical combat fans and, you know, like the strategic overmap stuff, you'll definitely want to keep an eye on Wildermyth. It's got a really cool, unique papercraft art style too, which I really like. So mm-hmm. anyway, so let's talk mm-hmm. about PDXCon really quick. So <laughs> sure. I mean, we've kind of already gone over the big things. There no, was also no, we didn't. There's more. There's some more. So we can talk about surviving the aftermath, which is, which is something we already talked about, how it was announced. It was actually released in early access alongside mm-hmm. the PDX Con start. So mm-hmm. that's something I know I'm, you're not going to like this, but I picked it up. It's on Epic Store. It's exclusive to Epic Store through the early access period. Uh, I picked it up because it's $20. Who and, are you and what have you done to yeah, I know. It's, shame. For shame. It's $20. I really want to make sure that I can keep up with it and let you guys know about it because I know a lot of people aren't going to get into it with it being on Epic Store. I bit the I bit the bullet. And so I have that. And then we also have we have teaser trailers for Werewolf, the role-playing game. Yeah. Yeah. I, man, I need to find that. And also for Vampire the Mask, so Werewolf the Apocalypse or whatever they're going to call there. But is, is it going to be... I need to find it. Is it like a card game or is it a so it's I mean the first teaser trailer, person third person the teaser trailer gives you nothing it's a cool yeah. teaser trailer but it really doesn't give you anything about gameplay so that's to still be determined but it sounds like vampire actually vampire the masquerade 2 was planned oh, you for, mean bloodlines um you're right sorry um bloodlines it was quarter one 2020 originally but now they're mm-hmm. saying they're pushing it back so they should the, because there's a lot of stuff they're planning to do with that. So get yeah. it right. So they got pushed back. And then what else? We have Crusader Kings 3, which oh, is hold huge. on, hold on. Hold on, you moved away. There's actually gonna be another vampire great game that's not Bloodlines coming out. That's probably gonna be similar to Werewolf. Oh wow. Now okay. I'm a huge fan of both because I spent many, many <laughs> gaming sessions in the 90s while I was in college playing werewolf and vampire and then i played um, the various card games because that was when magic the gathering came out you had uh it wasn't wizards of the coast the wizards of the coast bottom afterwards oh well, oh i don't remember the maker of the card game but it was you know i can probably look i still have my box with all the i seriously have a card right here let me just pull it out of the sleeve i'll tell you who made it White Wolf did it, but it looks like it was through Upper Deck. So those are the guys that make like or used to make all the sports cards. All the, uh, I was about to say, all the baseball, football cards. Stuff. So you know which card I have from my Rage deck? Which one? Renegade well- Werewolf Hunter. All right. Yeah. See, I used to play it, but I don't remember that card. Oh, man. that's That came with, um, that was from, which set was that? That was, I think, from the Black um, Spiral set. Nice. Yeah, no. So there's there's a lot of stuff coming out of Paradox. And then Crusader Kings 3 being probably the biggest announcement. They said they were working on a big new strategy game. And we That's had incorrectly. Yet. Yeah, we had incorrectly guessed that it was fantasy, but it's Crusader Kings 3. Um, there is already some controversy with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go over it too much, but basically they've removed some of the historical elements to it because they feel that it's not with like it's not pc enough i don't know no i I don't think that i think there's memes associated with some of the sayings 
And as yeah. a result of that, they don't want to. It's one of those situations where it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. I agree. So but if you I still leave it in, that... you get raked. And if you the... take it out, then you get raked. So for, this, for the sake of historical accuracy, because there is a lot of historical accuracy to what they do with these games, I would have kept mm -hmm. it in and just dealt with some of the feedback. It's whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. But yeah, so a lot of stuff. I'm sure everyone here who's listening to this has probably heard all about PDXCon. It's probably filled their brains with everything that's happened there. So we won't go too much more into it. But of course, it was a big day, big big weekend, and it was exciting to learn about everything that happened. Absolutely. So I got one question for you. What's that? What is Rebel Inc.? So Rebel Inc. is made by the same people who developed Plague Inc., which you might know mm -hmm. as the game that you basically create like a virus and you try to make it spread throughout the whole world and kill everybody. I and wrote the excursion for that a couple of years ago, too. It's a fantastic mobile game. I've played it on my mobile a lot of times, and I, I really enjoyed it. And for the price, because I think there's a free-to-play version, and then you buy into it for more more maps and more diseases and stuff like that. I forgot, mm -hmm. but... Um, on the mobile, but you can buy like the full version on PC for like ten or fifteen bucks or something like that. Yeah, well, it came. It was originally a mobile game for Rebel Inc. as well, and now it's come to PC. Mm -hmm. And the idea is basically to, if you imagine yourself in maybe somewhere like Afghanistan or Iraq mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. like that, where you are trying to stabilize a region, mm -hmm. and people don't really like that, so there's mm. insurgents, right? And mm -hmm. you are like. Let's just call it as it is. You're, you know, you're basically like the United States and you're in, you know, somewhere where you're trying to stabilize the region and the people that are, you know, maybe the Taliban or whatnot, they don't, they don't actually label them as such, but you know, you have like basically insurgents who are trying to destabilize things and make it theirs. And you are trying to stabilize things and make it the people's. Yours. Right. Who's and like the, the free people of that country. And so you go through. <laughs> okay. Yeah, quote unquote free. So, <laughs> right. But what, in the process of doing that, you're deploying soldiers, you're deploying engineers to fix the infrastructure and make mm -hmm. it better mm -hmm. um, and to make people happy. So, the idea is to keep your, I think it like your stability. Yes, your stability rating up while you are also doing this. And the more the rebels have, you know, the more footholds they have, the less stability you have. And it drains, and it, you don't really build it back up. It's way slower to build it back up than it is to have it drained. So the idea is that you got to fortify the entire region before the rebels can do something to the detriment of that. And if you can, you win. It's a really cool game. It's actually it's one of those things where it's it's the perfect balance between there being some strategic depth and also just really easy to learn. You know, mm -hmm. easy to learn, hard to master kind of stuff. And it's a lot of fun. And I'd like to see what it's like on PC because on mobile, it's a lot of fun. Very cool. Okay. Well, that's it for those items, news items. So I think this week we have one topic we wanted to cover. Yeah. And it's a, it's a carryover from last week. Mm -hmm. Game, the price of games or gaming, gaming schemes as far as pricing is concerned. So how did the conversation go? We were discussing the cost of gaming now versus so many years ago and yeah. you had said that games were what did you say i specifically remember buying super nintendo games in the 90s for 50 to 60 dollars mm -hmm. so my point was that clearly if you use that you can say that gaming hasn't really in fact if anything it's inflated so like 
we 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 are still paying those prices for a full game you know huge games i mean stellaris right now if you paid it if you paid for it full price at the time it released it was 50 dollars. you know so there's there's this thing where i feel like for me and i and i know what your 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 argument's going to be mm. in that you know they've tacked on a lot of other things to make it you know they've actually even maybe you could say that they've shortchanged the full product Mm -hmm. to encourage DLC purchasing mm -hmm. so that they can make that money up. But I, you know, and that's, that's why I think a lot of people need to sit back and re remember that, you know, if they, if they look at the, the history of video game pricing, they're going to see that it hasn't gone up at all. Um, mm. And it's starting to with some of like the pre-orders, you know, like the deluxe edition and the mm -hmm. massive, awesome, galactic, <laughs> super great Contra Terminator edition. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, you know, but they they almost have to at this point. Like they need to. I think for the most part, if we could just start getting used to like seventy dollar games, and and as a result, we were dealt with, we we were dealt far less DLC and um, cross pollination with their weird ad systems. Like you were talking about last week about how now with the launchers for Stellaris, like you're getting inundated with little ads basically for all their other games. Um, we could, I mean, if they could get to the point where it was a $70 price point or a $75 price point and we were moving away from DLC because that's how they make their money, I think that would be better because, you know, I'd personally rather pay $75 for a full game that feels like, you know, it feels complete than have to pay $50 for a game now and then be like, damn, you know, like diplomacy sucks in this game. I can't wait till the diplomacy expansion pack and then pay another $20 for that. Mm. So Okay. Fair enough. All right. So let me let me first break down your argument a little bit. And because you started with console, so you're talking about Nintendo and Super Nintendo, and then you switch to modern strategy on the PC. Though even even though you have stuff like Stellaris and Civ and things okay, like so that. Let me tell you something right now. I'm looking at my Master of Orion 2 box that I've kept for mm -hmm. what is it, 20 years now? It says 49.99 on it. Okay, fair. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying from, from Babbage's of all places. <clears throat> you know, I remember Babbage's. So I think Babbage's they got bought out by Software Etc., who later became GameStop. Yep. So man, can't believe I remember that. All right, let's hear it. Let's see what you got. All right. So here's the thing. So there's several issues at work here. I'm going to focus on three. First issue is. The separation of console and um, PC gaming, because only with the latest iterations of console, I think it started with the PS3 and the Xbox, Xbox, now one, but 360, because even the original Xbox couldn't do it. We didn't have the internet speeds to be able to download large amounts of content, be it updates or whatever. So... What ended up happening is that the games that we used to buy, and I'm not doing, oh, back in the day, the good old days, is that the stuff that we bought back then, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you didn't really get patched. You couldn't patch it. Maybe there was a, like a CD that came out twice a year from the gaming magazines, you know, PC Gamer or Computer Gaming World or something like that. You know, we're like, oh my God, these are amazing. Look at all the patches that are on there. And we, we would look to see if, they had updates for games that we love and if they didn't or you maybe you contacted the publisher and they would send you literally a floppy disk or a cd directly here pay for shipping and here's a dollar 50 for whatever send us the money we'll send you 
the update for it. We didn't have an opportunity to update. So when they released the game, they assumed that the player, us, would just buy the one game and that's it. Maybe they will release an expansion, maybe they won't, and that's it. So that so back then they had to charge more because they did not know whether they would get you back a second and a third time coming around. Maybe if they released a special edition with you know the first expansion and some special whatever was included, then maybe they'll get you a second time. But otherwise, that was it. So nowadays we have you know an ability to download constant updates to the game so there's the oh you know there's a longer development cycle we need to fund it so here's more dlc here's all these opportunities for you to help us fund the games which is great but again back to my original point back then they couldn't do that so then when they sold you a game if they sold you an incomplete game yeah they would get crucified over it so they had to make sure that the game that they got to you was as complete as it comes. Whereas nowadays, we buy a game, we buy this, a game that's the same price as what it was 20, 30 years ago, 50 bucks, 60 bucks. We're getting half a game. We're getting a third of a game. So even though it's like, oh, look, you bought a game. No, you didn't. You bought a third of a game and a promise that in the future, they will either patch in part of the game for free, or maybe they will patch all of it in for free, or maybe they won't patch any of it for free and every bit of missing content, you will pay for it. We are a lot of times we are paid beta testers. We're buying games that are broken. We're buying games that are incomplete with the hopes and promises that this will get done. How many times have we bought into games and the promises that were made were not fulfilled, right? So yeah. we end up holding this crap in our hands and it's like, why did I get involved? So that's the first difference. Second difference, back in the day, there were no such thing as pre-orders like they are now especially not digital pre-orders, which don't make sense whatsoever. The digital pre-orders are for the benefit of the publisher, so they know what kind of engagement they're going to have. They know how well they did. The studio doesn't really make money on that. It's the publishers that make the money. Back in the day, you didn't have that. If you had a pre-order for something, it's because there were limited amount of physical copies. Once we switched to this different medium of getting our games on, the whole pre-order thing went out the window yet they still push it. So in the past, they needed to know how many discs to press, how many boxes to make, because there was a competition for shelf space, you know, in the retail. How many boxes can we put in, in front of how many eyes in this store, in this store, in this store? Nowadays, most people purchase their PC games through Steam or through GOG or Humble Bundle or Epic or the Microsoft Store or Ubisoft Store, whichever, you know, whichever platform delivery or i don't know whatever else you can find out there right amazon so that's the other thing because they can deliver all the stuff to us directly that we've gotten used to being given stuff piecemeal so if you look at take a 4x game like what's a complete 4x game from 20 years ago master of ryan 2 master of ryan 2 right so take master of ryan 2 now look at master of ryan conquer the stars that came out right it was pretty solid for what it was when it like the base or the you know the vip version or whatever you, special edition version or whatever right but with that there was also the three additional dlcs essentially that came out which were the remaining species and they could have been more and they could have been included in the best game but they weren't so if you look at the price that was paid back then and now I'm not talking about let's account for inflation. I mean, just literally dollar for dollar. 
what we paid back then and what you got versus what you pay for now and what you get, right? And then let's compare it to another game. Look at Stellaris. Look at how expensive the version of Stellaris would be right now with all that content versus Master of Orion back then. Okay, right, right. It's not a fair comparison. Okay, let's look at Civ. Look at Civ 3 versus Civ 5 or Civ 6, right? Yeah. So that's so that's a huge difference. I think overall gaming the the software itself has gotten more expensive on the day one purchase, but there are several differences. Number one, we can pick up stuff on sale. So we got Steam sales or Epic Store or GOG or Humble or whatever. So if you don't have to have it on the day it comes out, you can wait a couple of months. You pick it up 50% off a couple of months, a year, whatever. Maybe you pick up the complete full package a couple of, a year or two later and you got everything for less than it would have cost you had you bought the game at release, which would have been incomplete. Whereas back in the day, you couldn't do that. If a game sold so many copies but didn't keep selling, you couldn't find it again. There's no more games on the shelf. You know, you walk into a store and there's only what's out there now, right? So that's the difference. So in that regard, um, today's marketplace maybe is more expensive, but at the same time, availability is much greater. And then the other huge difference is soft, the hardware that we use. So that, if you told me, Nate, it's cheaper today to game than it has ever been, I would agree with you 100%. Because I remember back when I bought my, uh, what was it? PC clone so I can play uh, SimCity or SimCity 2000. This must have been early 90s. And my God, that's that thing was ridiculously expensive. Today, for the same money that I paid back then, if I buy a PC, PC rig today, I would get something like two of like the 2080 Titan X, XT type, whatever titanium cards. And it would have like the best pro the best uh, motherboard and some super cool liquid cooling stealth and led lighting apparatus with like a 49 inch Dell, you know, wrapper on monitor, which by the way, I'm looking getting for myself. So I'm just <laughs> pricing out the system. I need to run that sucker, but that has changed. So if you said, Nate, gaming has become cheaper today than it's ever been because the equipment that we buy is less expensive overall and easier to maintain and to upgrade, then yeah, you're absolutely right. But as far as gaming, I think gaming's gotten, unless you're buying it months and months down the line, if you're buying it at release, you're paying more because you do have all of these fear of missing out mechanics at play. Oh, but you're not going to get the special edition and it's going to have the super duper high five boom and a poster and a signed autograph digital like the hell would somebody sign every copy no it's some digital junk that's included on your game that you'll never see and here's the game music that who three people find it most people don't even realize a lot of times these special editions come with the game music original artwork people don't know that you know so you're paying 70 80 90 bucks but you're only really getting the 30 or 40 bucks that's my argument please punch holes in it there's not many holes to punch in it. I think we're both right in a lot of ways. So I do agree with you that there are, I mean, for everything that's cheaper, there's something more expensive and vice versa. So I do think gaming in general, you're right, 100% is cheaper. In fact, my top of the line PC right now costs me less than a top of the line PC cost me like four years ago. Right. So I, I do agree with that. And I do also think that if you're gaming on a budget, but I, so this is the other thing is I think that if you're gaming on a budget and you you are patient, you can game 
significantly yes. cheaper than you could yes. 10, 20, 30 years ago. So absolutely. Absolutely. No yeah, argument the there. Steam, you know, like the steam sales and all that stuff. So, I mean, I'm, you're right. I, th I just think that, I do think that a lot of the, the schemes and the DLC practices and expansion practices that a lot of, a lot of strategy game developers employ are a direct result of how little they're making compared to what they could have made 20 years ago. True, from the, but from the base game. I want to make one caveat. I want to make one statement as a caveat to that. Maybe, maybe when they first tried something, we could have stopped them from going further. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and now it's too late. Now it's too late because they already, I mean, look at gaming as a whole. They figured out microtransactions. They figured out, you know, the whole how to rope-a-dope people in, how to catch them with their nets and get the whales and, you know, how to just suck every wallet drive, every penny, how to get at kids. It's like to the point where it's just like ridiculous. It feels like you're being mugged every day on your way to school, in school, after school, in class, between classes, on the way to the bathroom, in the bathroom. It's like they're getting you at every, every possible moment. And it's like there's certain genres of gaming as a result of that, that I completely stay away from. There's most of the stuff I will not let my kids touch because, and they're like, dad, you know, my friends are playing this. I'm like, I don't care what your friends are playing. You know, let their parents worry about that. I care about what you're playing. I care about what you spend your time on, you know, and I try to explain these things to him and I try to, you know, teach him about commercials and advertisements and false advertisements because that's the problem is like most people fall for this stuff. They're, they don't, they're playing games. They don't even realize how much money they're spending until later. They look back and they're like, wow, I can't believe I spent all this money on it. So that stuff, once these companies make that money, they're not going to give it up unless like laws are passed preventing it, which at best is going to be very, very weak, you know, because anytime that happens, people are like, oh, it's invasion and freedom of speech attacks. And, you know, I could do whatever I want. And I don't want the government getting in bed with me about this and that. Next thing they're going to want to know is all my other stuff. And it's like, they already know that about you, buddy. <laughs> if you think they don't know everything about you, you haven't been paying attention. Do you post on Facebook? They know everything. So anyways, so that, yeah, it's, that's my stance. I mean, you're right too. I'm right. The community is probably going to say we're both idiots and we're wrong, <laughs> and they're going to list ten thousand reasons right why. <laughs> there, there's probably some truth to that too, you know. But I'm curious to see it. All I want is I want to have a clean discussion, and because I know once we get into this point, then it's you know the the name calling starts. I want to avoid that. Right. But if people can do that, I re I'm very curious with people. Okay, so tell me, what have you been playing this week? I've been playing a game called Build a Website. Build a website. Awesome. Did you get any achievements? Nothing. Other than a working website that is steadily becoming faster and faster to load and better looking. Nice. Nice. So that's about it. That's it. What about you? I have been playing a game called Fix My Driveway. <laughs> As I've heard, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a this past week there was a, a bombo genesis and if you're like what's a bombo genesis is this like a new move in a fighting game no it's a weather pattern it's called a bomb cyclone basically you have like a mixture of of cold fronts and warm fronts and crazy weather and you get like a almost like a hurricane forming over land versus over water and we got like five inches in two hours and it ate my driveway up. 
So I've been fixing that and a little bit of Thea. So yeah. that's that's all I've managed so, to play. I had plans. I had yeah. plans. As did I. But you know what? Next week, I actually know. I'm absolutely certain next week <clears> I'm going to be able to say the same thing because next week I work five out of the f- six days before we mm. record again. So Nice. Yeah. Got to get paid, my friend. Got to get paid. Yep. It's what keeps the lights on here at Explominate. Yeah. How else are you going to play all these games, right? How else are you going to pay <laughs> for all these games? Play, play all these games. Pay for all these games that I don't play. Right. Uh, all right. Well, with that being said, this is probably a good time to stop this episode. We had mm-hmm. fun. It was a good time. Yes. Absolutely. But until next week when we can tell you about all the games we didn't play, this was Rob and Nate <laughs> for Explominate. We'll talk oh, to you. Hold then. on. Hold on. Hold on. Just want to say a big shout out to our community to our patrons, to our Discord members and our forum members. And once again, a big thank you to Drexy for helping out with the website. Yes, thank you so much, everybody, all of the above. And yes, another special thank you for Drexy. You are a lifesaver. And had you not been around, I probably would have stroked out. So thank you. <laughs> all right. And with that, folks, that is all. Thank you very much. Yep. We'll talk to you guys next week. This is Rob and Nate for Explominate. We will talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye.